Welcome back to The Creative Herd. You're listening to episode number seven, where I sat down with a true coffee connoisseur, Matt Hoyle, a lead barista who also co-runs a coffee pop-up called Stock and Crown. He came over and we talked about how he got started pretty much enjoying coffee. And uh, we talk about getting stuck inside your own head, how to separate your ideas into which ones you should follow. And we talk about enjoying the process and enjoying more of the journey. I'm going to keep my sniffs to a minimum. That's my problem. And try and pronounce my words for once. Because I'm a very... Are you a mumbler? I'm known to mumble a lot. I'm a mumbler too. This is why I'm doing it. I don't care about stories. I just, I want to be able to pronounce words better. You got to put that in the podcast. (laughs) The real heart behind this. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so give me like, give me a rundown of, of who you are. So my name is Matt Hoyle. I'm 24 years old. I live in Whippy. Lived in Durham region my whole life. Shout out Durham region. Durham region. <laughs> for life. Um, I grew up in Pickering. PK all day. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm living whippy with my with my wife. I'm a newlywed almost a year now. How's that been? It's been great. It's been yeah. really great. Yeah. It's been, we've been together for a long time and it's been a perfect natural flow into like the next chapter of our lives together. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you're, you're a newlywed, what kind of, what kind of hobbies do you guys have going on? Yeah. So for me, I've been really into music since a young age. Oh, right on. And you play uh, any instruments? Uh, drums, (laughs) keys, guitar, and I sing. So yes, everything. So a lot, a lot of things. I For some reason, I never touched the bass. I don't know why. It's just something. It was almost like it was one of those instruments where someone else would always do it. Yeah. So it's like, True. oh, no, he'll, he'll do it. It's fine. So uh, what instrument did you learn first? Uh, drums. Drums? Yeah, drums was a... That was a big pivotal point when my dad and all my parents' friends were thinking... It's like force Matt to start <laughs> like that's touching a- instruments. That's actually how I started. Um, like I play guitar as well. Mm-hmm. And it was the same. Like my dad kind of like forced me into playing guitar. Yeah. And it, there's, there's like a hump that you reach. You're like learning and it's like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then you reach it and you're like, this is really fun actually. Right. I can do it. I remember at, I guess I was probably about 10 and my dad was like I signed us up for uh guitar lessons at like this local public school where this guy brought all these I think it was father son it seemed like it was a family oriented thing. thing and I remember just being in there so frustrated cuz both of us sucked <laughs> and we couldn't do it and I was just so frustrated and then I just dropped it I just wasn't about it anymore and then I came back a few years later for drums for drums um, crazy that was a funny story in itself because i grew up in church and my mm. my dad well both my parents were always pushing me to get into music mm-hmm. would they want you to be like part of the band on stage to, yeah yeah and it was probably a lot of it was because my brother and i would just spend hours in the basement playing rock band <laughs> if you ever played rock band you know <laughs> yeah 
And once you get to expert, there's like nothing higher. You're like, you either play a real instrument or you're just going to be in your mom's basement for, for the rest of your life playing music. Yeah, dude, that's so good. So it got to a point where everyone's like, Matt, are you going to, are you going to play music? Everyone just asking over and over again. And at that age, I'm just trying to be real stubborn because that I mm-hmm. felt like that was my job at that age. And, uh, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it. Fine. I'll just, I'll just go play drums. So what age were you when you were starting to learn drums? That's probably like still pretty young. Yeah. That's probably 12. It's probably 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. Super impressionable. Mm -hmm. Um, where'd you go for lessons? Uh, the main drummer of the church. Oh, a studio in his house. So I went there for two years and then after that kind of started a cycle and my brother went after him Drum. after, sorry, after me drums too, drums too for oh, two yeah. years. And then in the time when my brother started, I switched to piano with the same guy for two years. So that's kind of how the cycle started. And then after the piano died down, I asked for a guitar for Christmas I don't know why. <laughs> so you're secretly musically inclined. So it was just this, pro- it was just this cycle of one instrument after another, just become fascinated with it. So the real question is, do you play any of these instruments still? Guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I still play guitar and keys. I, I don't have my drum kit anymore. It's kind of a big thing to move into around. an apartment. Yeah. And there's just no room. Yeah. There's no room for it. So. Right on. So besides mm-hmm. um, music and stuff growing up, what other what other things were you into? Uh, skateboarding. Skateboarding, yeah. Skateboarding right was on. a really big thing. It was a really important outlet for me and friends together. Yeah, I feel like skateboarding is such a good... Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll definitely try to get my kid into, like... M- I don't like. I don't want to say I want, <laughs> I want to push them into it, but it's, like, it's an unorganized sport, like... You are doing it at your own accord. You're hanging out with people younger and older. You learn so many things that you couldn't yeah. on like a team with a coach. Yep. yep. So, yeah, it's just this unspoken thing about it that's so freeing mm-hmm. and stress relieving. For sure, that's definitely uh, like such a huge aspect of mm-hmm. it. And I feel that like the earlier this is what happened for me, the earlier you start skateboarding. There's always this brief moment in time when you and all your friends are wanting to shoot videos and they're, yeah. they are the worst videos ever produced and you try and put the most cheese ball music and you're just wearing outrageous clothes, like pants that are six times too big. Oh, uh, dude, there's so many videos exactly like that online <laughs> that I have filmed with my friends. And the fattest shoes you've ever seen. Oh yeah, dude. For sure. It's just like, why did I think that was Mm -hmm. cool? But that's life. That's being a kid. Yep. Um, Rest in peace to MySpace. (laughs) Because that would have resurrected a whole other life for me. Oh, man. Were you a bit like big into MySpace and stuff? At that time. I guess every kid was. That was where we posted all of our videos. Seems like another life ago. It it really was. Mm -hmm. So besides... I mean, I guess that's still pretty young. What what kind of hobbies did you keep growing up? 
because I mean, MySpace died out, so yeah, yeah, you would have had to find new ones. <laughs> I felt like I kept skating until no one did in my friend group. Yeah, and I got to a point where I was tired of skating alone. Yeah, so I can see that. I kind of I switched it up a bit and started playing soccer mm-hmm. and basketball, and I was just into a lot of different sports at that time. So that carried me through elementary and high school. Were you, like, what age did you start drinking coffee? Or was that even... I feel like it was late high school, like grade 12, probably, when you're feeling okay. the <laughs> feeling the pressures of exams and making it for with grades. and Yeah, it's like, what else can I do yeah. to wake myself yeah. up? <laughs> That's funny. Was that, like... Um, obviously just like around in your home and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. So I, I started it, started drinking coffee, probably late high school, early college. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, I think I started like full on chugging it <laughs> early college just to get through placements and like just long hours places. Just getting the caffeine. Just getting it, just getting it through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think at that time I was working at a local library. That's cool. It was, it was a, an amazing job. <laughs> people, people don't give librarians enough credit. It was, it was such a good job and I've never had so much peace and quiet in my life. <laughs> so did then your coffee intake kind of drop back when you were working Oh no, I needed more because yeah, I would just like want to fall asleep in the aisles, oh, stocking yeah. books and just tapping, tapping out for a few minutes. So yeah, at that time, coffee as a job wasn't a thing. I was still just working in a library. It probably wasn't school. even big back then. Like being a barista is only in the last, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know how many years, but yeah, it's definitely popped off as like a culture hub yeah for sure and to see it as a career Mm -hmm. is definitely a perception that's changing for sure i think as not just as a barista but as any like coffee industry Mm -hmm. employee i think that it's it's gonna keep changing as just waves of different trends come and go for sure i mean it's that's how everything like even in the arts that wasn't like a viable career Mm -hmm. until like until it was it Mm -hmm. wasn't even like a smooth transition so Mm -hmm. this whole like movement of like um making everything more attainable and people having like their own roasters and stuff Mm -hmm. of that'll it'll be a career like when it is there's gonna be like a very fast transition right and i bring up the library job because it wasn't until I changed jobs spontaneously because I was bored at the library that the coffee interest w- just popped off. Just drab working at a, yeah. a library. Yeah. Fall asleep I was all the tired time. of the quiet. Yeah. So I, for some reason, I still don't understand it to this day. I'm like, I'm going to go work at Starbucks. I'm going to go just sure flip a switch and go from talking to one person a shift to millions. hundreds millions of people a shift 
so yeah i literally applied got a job at starbucks across the street from my house and i mean that might have had something to do with it the library was close to my house too (laughs) so it, it worked out for me either way and there's just at first it was a lot to just start learning yeah and i feel like there's always that learning curve for people when they get into coffee they're like this is a lot of knowledge and things to know especially at starbucks well yeah because they have their own way of doing everything Mm -hmm. what position did you start in just a barista okay which is basically the lowest that's like the entry level thing at starbucks okay and then you just have to learn from there Mm -hmm. and at this point was coffee still like i need it to get through my shift or was this like yeah yeah when i first started there i just took it for what it was and spent a good six months just learning Mm -hmm. not really thinking too much of it and at that time i had changed friend groups and just met new people and okay a lot of the new people that I was hanging out with were going to a lot of coffee shops downtown and it just in the area. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, hang out. I'll, I'll tag along and see what this is about. And just going in these places, I was just so shook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what? what is this whole other world where people aren't like, cramming in the door (laughs) just trying to get their pumpkin spice latte yeah and running in and out and if you don't do it in time then (laughs) yeah it's it is crazy to to each coffee shop has like their own little culture and their own little like world going on Mm -hmm. inside within it but um it's almost funny because like that you say how different those are because tim hortons starbucks people are like they are taking their coffee and they're leaving in Europe mm-hmm. and like like little coffee shops that are like nooks and crannies to sit. Yeah. People come and have their coffee. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between like having coffee and like taking coffee yeah. because nobody's hanging out. Totally. And like meeting each other by accident yeah. or just like, I'm just going to sit and read a book and have my coffee and yeah. enjoy it. And be like, no, no, no. I need this latte and I need to get in my car and I need mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. I've never even thought about it the way you just said, like, having it and taking it are completely different things. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's when you think about, like, why. Like, for me, coffee in the morning is a very, like, slow and, like, it's a ritual Mm -hmm. that, like, I like my morning and I like to sit in some sunlight and have. Mm -hmm. It's a nice feeling. Mm -hmm. And to think about it, like, taking coffee to go is, like, it's just, like, not a good thought for me. I remember when I started making coffee at home. And I was starting what is now my life, just geeking out on it. Yeah. And my parents are just like, what, are, what is going on? What are you doing? And I'm like, mom, there's mom, dad, there's like so much more to this than what it looks like I'm doing. Like I make coffee at home because it slows me down mm-hmm. where so many days you get up and you you got to be places you're thinking so far ahead of where you are in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And coffee's done that for me in a lot of ways. It's just helped me be present. Yeah. And I think that's like the unspoken truth of it is it just brings you to a place where like even us right now, 
being present now in this moment mm-hmm. is um it's just like an unspoken truth about it yeah it's like it's a it's a coffee thing yeah people aren't going to come together over like water yeah, and water <laughs> you know so at some point when you were working at Starbucks, did like the f- the switch kind of flip, and you're like, I actually mm-hmm. want to learn as much as I can about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I started going to a lot of shops and spending too much money on mugs and just random coffee things, gear and stuff. So you were you into like making coffee at that point or drinking it? It, you- it was transitioning to making it. Yeah. And how all the different brewing devices worked mm-hmm. and why, what the pros and cons of yeah, just making like, coffee this way is and why it's important to do this mm-hmm. instead of what like 90% of the world does. Yeah. And it was a, just a whole other world opening up to me. I think that and that might be like why your mind switched i guess if you're Mm -hmm. like wow this is like there's so much on this end um what more can i do Mm -hmm. and that sparked it and now you are still in the same very much in a different spot not working at starbucks yep yeah um and would you say a different position i mean it seems to be called the same thing but i wouldn't say that you have the same role Mm -hmm. so after Starbucks, I went and worked at an independent one in, actually in Markham here. Mm-hmm. It's just a different learning environment. And I really appreciated just being a fly on the wall for that. Even though my role wasn't exactly what I thought and dreamt that it would be. Of it being was, a barista? Yes. I ended up washing a lot more dishes than I, I'd like to admit. <laughs> I think I touched the machine probably like a few times. <laughs> So at this point, were you thinking of like, I'm picking up all this information, maybe I can do what they're doing on my own? Like as you were learning all these things, I think or that was that not even on the radar yet? It was, it was on the radar, but I still felt like it was a long way off. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff to yeah. maybe touch the machine a few more times. Yeah. And there was <laughs> a lot of, there's definitely a lot of pride and arrogance in it that I've done Starbucks, I've done the independent shop, now I'm ready. Yeah, true, I see that. And I've put in my time, but time on the floor doesn't necessarily mean that you have what it takes to run a a shop or run a business. Mm -hmm. It's just your current circumstance. Yeah. So when, when did or what changed for you to start thinking about, hey, maybe I could possibly do this and make a thing of this? I think after working at that first independent shop to where I am now. Like making that switch? Yeah. Because you changed jobs to another independent. Yeah, where I am now in Stouffville. The The reason I, I changed was because the new role that I was jumping into mm-hmm. was in a lot of ways a leadership role mm-hmm. where I am now is training and having a lot of say in things. that I didn't have a say in before or anywhere close to it. I still am like extremely grateful for it because if that, if where I am now, like they never gave me a chance and like stuck their neck out for me Mm -hmm. to be in this role, like I don't know where I would have after the last shop, I don't know where I would have 
gone. So you basically, they basically took a chance on like a dishwasher to be head of yes. staff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Were you nervous taking on this new position or you were like I hungry was, for it? I was, I was both. Yeah. I was hungry for it because I knew that I could do a lot of the things that were expected of me, but for the things I was less experienced in, say the espresso machine because i barely touched it mm-hmm. <laughs> at my last job yeah at what point did you understand that like i'm beyond like a hobby of of like taking an interest like yeah i like my morning coffee mm-hmm. to like yeah i actually like know a lot about this i'm really interested and i'm hungry to like learn all of this mm-hmm. uh knowledge and like it's different and changing into in, like a feasible career path mm-hmm. it's there hasn't been like to be honest there hasn't been a real cookie cut answer mm-hmm. in my life it's been like a process of doors opening and closing and just discerning what is truly like best for me and my future and now my family mm-hmm. you are very in tune with like this is what i like i am good at it and i'm also hungry for it mm-hmm. and then were led in such a way that you ended up in a leadership role and then you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a feasible like career path. I can do this and support my family mm-hmm. at the same time. Right. Fantastic. And I guess like you were in this leadership role when you're like, maybe I can like make some sort of hi- side hustle through mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So when I was working where I am now, I was reading a lot of blogs and following a lot of breezes in the States and around the world and seeing the ideas that people were coming up with on how to make it a feasible business mm-hmm. while still being involved in a cafe or some people just really risked, risked it all and mm-hmm. jumped off the bridge and just selling iced coffees just, in the corner or something. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I'm like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. It's not a complicated thing. As long as like there's, there's passion behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so that's where stock and crown came from, mm-hmm. which is a business that I co-own with a close friend of mine named Matthew as well. <laughs> and we, we didn't want to call it M and M. I could see why. <laughs> So, like, were you were you guys thinking and discussing this before you actually did it? So, so Matthew was one of the friends that I used to go to a lot of coffee shops with. Uh, okay. And there's something about him and I that we just, like, connected mm-hmm. when it came to shops, when it came to, like, noticing little things about shops and what they bring to communities and just super crazy about the whole industry. Yeah. Which I had never come across before. Like, yeah. So you guys had like the same and like interests and then this sort of somebody pitched the idea, this premise came up. Mm -hmm. Like what, what was the premise of like, maybe it was you like seeing these, uh, these other people doing like Mm -hmm. pop-ups and you're like, I think we can do a pop-up basically. Mm -hmm. It was a couple things. First, when I started seeing how easy we could just pop up somewhere and do something like serve coffee mm-hmm. that it didn't really take that much capital and 
maybe took a little bit of time, but I, we were totally willing to put in a little bit mm-hmm. on the side of whatever we were doing. At that time, Matt was working at a shop downtown, and I was working at the shop um, in Markham transitioning to Stellville. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was driving down the road, the same road I always took, and there was a painter's cart on the side of the road that was so water damaged and stuff falling off it. And it's been, it was actually sitting out in the winter. This was just <laughs> at the end of winter and the snow is, is slowly like melting, just off melting of off of it, just dripping. And it was outside of a greenhouse where they sell like orchids or something. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I'm going to put this in my car. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I ran up their driveway cause I didn't want to just take it. Oh yeah. Cause I wasn't sure if it was a table just to hold the recycling bins or something. Oh, okay. So, I, so you're being a good person asking so if you could take it. I, I, did, I was like, do I really want to base our business off of theft? <laughs> so I ran up to the door and she was I don't know if she was used to having any visitors or she was petrified of me knocking on her door. I was like, Hey, I saw that cart on the side of the road. Are you guys using it for anything? And she's like, no, no, just, just take it, take it. Uh, and she just like slammed the door. Like, all right. So I squashed that little thing in my Mazda three hatchback. Thank God it's a hatchback. Barely fit it in there. As soon as you got the this cart, you were like, it's a thing. We're doing a pop-up. Mm-hmm. So I felt like this was the first step. Yeah, of course. I mean, not of course, but like in the mind of like you see something, you're like, I know how to use this. Mm-hmm. I was passing by it every day and I was like, maybe one day I'll go ask and True. if it's still there and it in a few months, like I was passing it for a few months. You passed it all winter. Yeah. And just let it, you're like, you know what? Maybe when the snow's off of it, I'll pick it up. Because I figured <laughs> if it's still there after the winter, then it's fair game. <laughs> so that's where that started. And we put the cart in like my garage, my parents' garage for a while. Mm-hmm. Didn't really use it. And then a friend of ours named Joanna she was having she just finished her masters okay and big deal yeah and she was throwing some party at her condo downtown cool me and Matt had been just posting random things about coffee on social media and she asked would you guys want to come serve coffee however you want to so your first opportunity yep and at the time we're like we don't have a name we don't have Mm -hmm. any idea of how to do this we just found a cart we haven't served anyone mm-hmm. and there's only one way to learn yeah so <laughs> we're like okay a condo in this massive party room thing in the middle of toronto it had like a rooftop garden it's pretty sweet and yeah we just used this massive kitchen counter and just I made, I don't know why I did this, but I brought an AeroPress, which is a single serve, like immersion brewer, which basically means 
it's like a tube that you put the hot water and the coffee in and you just let it just one cup at a time just one cup at a time and you gotta you gotta push it down to push it through a filter and i didn't bring a mug there's no mugs in this place it was all paper cups uh, so, so you can push down on anything. So I couldn't push down on anything. So I'm pushing down while pulling up to keep the pressure. I don't even know how to explain it. No, it makes sense. Without trying to crush the so cup. That's all you brought. You brought this painter cart and an AeroPress. So I brought, I, we didn't even bring the cart oh, okay. because we didn't know where to. Like, why would you need it? Yeah. And the condo looked really fancy. And True. We just didn't even know what to do with it. So we didn't bring it. We, I brought an AeroPress. He brought uh, a Clever Dripper, which is basically like the similar thing as me, except there's a lock on the bottom where you don't have to push. It just comes out. Mm-hmm. So he had the easy job. Matt did. And he just, la-da-da, filling it up and put, just cranking out drinks so much faster than me. Yeah. And I'm just making a mess over at my station just trying to figure out what to do. I don't have a mug. I don't have anything. And basically, after all that, it was great. There's people asking about, like, do you guys have cards? Do you have an Instagram? Did you you have a name at this point? Nothing. No. We're just like, yeah, we've never done this before. And we've just... Just super honest with everybody, yeah. Yeah. We were honest, but we were also trying to keep this Mm -hmm. mystery about it. Where we're like, we don't know what it's going to be yet. It might be the biggest thing you've ever known, but just wait. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're just shaking and so nervous. But there's, yeah, there was a lot of encouraging conversations that night. And that was the first glimpse that there, there could be something here. Mm-hmm. That's good. So when did you guys figure out the name? So we had a handful of, one day we just sat down. We're like, let's, we got to figure this out. Sure, just rifled them off. We just got to think of some names and we were, the biggest thing for us was we don't want it to sound like it's a coffee company. True. We didn't want it to be like the bean or the cup or that's the thing about the thing about coffee is in coffee's history, whenever someone has made something to do with coffee, it looks just looks the worst. Pretty cheesy. It'd be like a tea towel. That looks like your nanny knit it like a few weeks ago or someone who just is like colorblind, put it together and it just doesn't work. So this explains (laughs) why you guys have a good aesthetic. So (laughs) that's why we were thinking so hard about it because we want it to be something that was relatable and different Mm -hmm. and not one of those just atrocious mm-hmm. looking things. So, so by from an onlooker's perspective, mm-hmm. the first things that I notice is that like you guys are definitely different, just from the um, aesthetic that you like put out mm-hmm. and all the content that you put out. It's not just like a a classic like coffee beans and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's definitely thought put behind it, and I'm guessing that the whole premise is built off like serving the community and like serving these people that like are around you and like mm-hmm. just trying to start yeah. like conversations. Yeah. So we landed on stock and crown as a name coming from like a faith perspective. 
both of us, Matt and I, mm-hmm. we just believe that there's a God like greater than any like little company that we could throw together. That was just like, that's just like our personal mm-hmm. belief. And we wanted the company to be so much more than what we could possibly do on our own. Sure. And the stock part is basically in building a boat. Um, the framework is built on a st- on the stockade. So that's like the strongest part. So that's basically the business concept is serving out of strength mm-hmm. and serving out of a place of a strong foundation. So that's where the whole name came from. That is cool. So, and it also helped because we wanted it to, for anyone that heard Stock and Crown as a name, mm-hmm. that no one would know what it is. Like, it could be... Yeah, it's a massive story that I would have not guessed. Right. Yeah. So it could be it could be a coffee company, but it could be a clothing company. It could be... Yep. Uh, it could be an agency. It sounds like a creative agency. agency. Yeah, it could be... We could make films. We could make anything. And that was the whole point. And we were talking about this a little earlier when I was saying that I feel like there's so many passions and dreams and mm-hmm. thoughts that you and I both have mm-hmm. and stock and crown for me is like just the beginning of what so many of those things could be so how do you know which ideas to like push forward and which ideas to kind of let go mm-hmm. because the the ones that you let go are equally as as um I'm going to use the word valuable because you need to let things go to like pursue other things and make those things great. Yeah. And if you don't, then everything will fail. A big thing for me has been a mixture of Mm self-awareness and just affirmation and confirmation from community around me. So for example, because I was so into music growing up, Mm-hmm. that naturally I always thought that I would end up doing music for a while. Yeah. Somebody that plays all these instruments yeah. makes sense. And I would, I was always like, I'd be down to like sit in a studio all day and produce records and do all this stuff. But it got to a point where I really had to choose. Mm-hmm. Like I have all these things that I feel like I can do, but ultimately I have to, I basically took what the biggest dreams were in in my mind or mm-hmm. what I had written down. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to sit on these for a while and work on them. Mm-hmm. And then whatever comes, comes. True. So it, it wasn't really a cookie cut decision. Mm-hmm. It just kind of naturally flowed out. One of the biggest things that like, I've been trying to do it just in the last couple of years. I've had so many like little ideas that like, Mm. maybe I'll go this direction. Maybe I'll go this direction. And I really like writing it out really helps. And like, I've just been thinking like, what am I going to want to do in three years? Mm -hmm. Maybe like, and that thinking through that far is like, maybe I don't actually want to do that because I don't want to be doing that in three years. But, and like think about it at the very primal state. Like, right. well, I still want to be doing the very bottom 
rung Mm -hmm. serving coffee to five people in three years if the answer is yeah then like yeah i'm in it Mm -hmm. for sure because like i'm still impacting those five people or like at least getting to talk with five new people and like serve them Mm -hmm. and like hear what they have to say yeah so i feel like that definitely um for me at least it was a huge impact on like making decisions Mm -hmm. and a big thing that I had to, I still am learning is it's never, whatever you choose, it's not going to be at its finished product when you choose it. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like everything is going to, is starting as like a seed, like mm-hmm. such a small little thing to start, but that's why it takes time and effort and energy. And it's just discerning whether or not you think it's worth it, like in you. Yeah, and you obviously thought Stock and Crown was worth it. You guys mm-hmm. are working on it. Mm-hmm. Where, what stage do you think you guys, uh, what would you say it's at right now? So we officially started it just before my wedding last year. Okay. And we've done a handful of events for... Um, Not serving out of an AeroPress anymore? No, <laughs> no. If we do serve out of an AeroPress, it would be very thought out and organized and i'll bring a mug (laughs) but yeah so we did we've done a few events for um just some people that we know Mm -hmm. and even some people we have we don't know just been spreading through word of mouth we really haven't touched social media that much as a business which is something we're going to be working on upcoming that's almost like a positive if you're just strictly working Mm -hmm. word of mouth Mm -hmm. social media comes after the fact and yeah worry about really what's in front of you keep being present Mm -hmm. and worry about like if you're already serving yeah these people Mm -hmm. then they know how good the coffee is right they know how good the company is and how nice because i'm sure that's a factor of like you guys getting gigs Mm -hmm. how nice you are how good the coffee is yeah and we've done We've done a wedding we've we've served out of this creative space in like near where i live mm-hmm. like a handful of times we just got connected with a community of people that want to support people organizing businesses or just pursuing dreams or passions and they meet in this loft and whippy and that sounds like it would just be all these people showing up with ideas or businesses or just like it could be as simple as like an instagram account that follows your shoes but i want to be in the room with people that are figuring it out just as much as i am do you think coffee is like that for you like it's more of like a gateway of like um to meet people and like open doors Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why you're like interested in it so much yeah i still ask myself some days like where this deep interest and like fascination has come from yeah well like it's like on the top level sure it's coffee but on the bottom yes it's it's knowing somebody deeper than like just like hey how are you oh weather's really good i feel like i wanted to note on this for anyone listening or watching was that the opportunities don't just like show up and sometimes no. it takes like sticking your neck out and being vulnerable. Like, for example, for this pop up, I went in like 
probably five or ten times just to say meet with an owner and just like say what's up and look mm-hmm. through clothes and meanwhile knowing that I will ask like yeah you got to build a relationship first yeah nobody's gonna there's a fine line that you have to walk and mm-hmm. show your value and support before you can walk into something and be like hey um can I just like yeah. have some of your space and yeah. they're like I don't even know you yeah but if you build that little relationship they're more willing to say mm-hmm. yeah sure mm-hmm. and like help you out mm-hmm. and the process is people glorify it that it's mm-hmm. this whole exciting thing I, I know even people look at what Matt and I do and think it's this whole amazing thing that's just dropped in our lap and mm-hmm. every day is like you're just making coffee and it's working out like perfectly and you guys are all established but it's 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 just like enjoying the ride really mm-hmm. and as soon as you get fixated on money or just obsessing about where you want to be then you just miss out on being present in the process especially in the day and age that we live in with social media and everything moving so fast it's like so tough to just slow down and Mm -hmm. like and be like okay this is gonna take a while i like what i'm doing i enjoy the process and a lot of people are just like no 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 what's gonna make me the most amount of money at the fastest rate Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna do that and everything else doesn't really matter right and everyone's kind of forgetting okay well this is actually what i like but it's gonna take like a couple years to maybe actually make some money off of it well i'll just i'll go get a desk job instead the process Everyone always says, like, yeah, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And to be, like, frank, there's so many days when I don't. There's so many days when I just just wake up and I'm like, I don't want to touch it today. There's probably more days like that for me that I'm stressed out. Right. But I'm like, it's okay because I'm putting in the time now. And that's something that I think about a lot. Um recently and in the past years like you i have to put in the time now to get the rewards later yeah and if i want this path and to enjoy the process i need to go through the stressful days Mm -hmm. so i can enjoy the non-stressful days if Mm -hmm. i don't know how bad the bad days are then how am i supposed to enjoy the good totally yeah do you have any tips for like listening to yourself and 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 going trying to find your own way and kind of staying on your Mm -hmm. own path for me i get trapped in my head a lot Hmm. so is that a good thing do you think or is that a bad thing for you for me it's been more of a vice sure because well lately it's been more of a vice because i get so wrapped up in the to-do list to get here Mm -hmm. to reach this whatever yeah you kind of just create a fog around yourself Mm -hmm. and get to that point for me i want to suggest just drawing on people around you and being okay. vulnerable, which is really uncomfortable at first, but asking like, where do you see me flourish? Where do you see me come alive? I never thought about asking that question. Yeah. Because so many people can see things in you that you don't see in mm-hmm. yourself. For me, like my wife and my friends and just people around me, even people that are just older than me that have lived on the earth longer than I have. Yeah. They can see everyone has a different perspective. Why not try to get it? These are just such like, I would never think about to ask somebody like, Hey, where do you see me light up the most? Right. 
And I didn't ask the question, but where I work now, they saw leadership qualities in me that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. So you have like a good support group around you. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's more than acknowledging that you have a support group, mm-hmm. but it's using it. Do you have any advice for building something um, like from the ground up and having no way to get it out? Because that's essentially what you guys did. Mm-hmm. For me, we had a passion and a a vision for something that wasn't really a thing around here, especially for Durham region where we live. Yeah, I can agree with that. Is where a lot of people think of it as, oh, there's nothing over there, so that means that it won't work. For me, I think that's total 180 flip benefit because that's opportunity that you have. So it doesn't necessarily matter what circumstances like you're in. Mm -hmm, It's just how much passion is behind it and like what driving force is pushing it through. Because if you truly value your passion and your dream, then you almost like owe it to that. To push it through. To push it. Because if you're like truly believing and like you have a vision for it that you think, dream about, write about, talk to people about mm-hmm. just comes out in conversation if you find yourself in conversations and you're always talking about it or wanting to talk about it mm-hmm. then there's a good chance you you should be doing it so that is like that would be if you have a million ideas and this mm-hmm. thing keeps coming up you should pursue it yeah and i think it's being aware of the spaces whether like for me i had the outlet but like no plug mm-hmm. <laughs> like no one was putting me on mm-hmm. but to, you knew to be in a space what you were supposed to be doing yeah but it was finding the spaces where i could like step into mm-hmm. and like see it happen so it's like finding the holes in your whatever it is and just taking steps forward because there's opportunities and there's i see them as like spaces okay. like holes in like for me, I think of Durham region as just like a big hole <laughs> because that, and that hole is my opportunity mm-hmm. where we can make things happen. We just have to find and like yeah. stick our necks out and try well, things because when we're trying things, we're taking steps, mm-hmm. whether or not it's going to go anywhere, we're still taking steps. No matter the outcome. Yes. But also pound the pavement mm-hmm. because that's you what I was thinking you were go- like literally going into these shops, meeting these people that you yeah. previously d- don't know. Mm-hmm. They have a new space and you're just putting your neck on the line saying, Hey, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Would love to come in and do this for yeah. you. And it naturally flows out of how much you value your vision mm-hmm. and your passion for what you want to do. Like for, for Matt and I stock and crown was originally created for Durham region mm-hmm. and it's because we like, saw a hole there even though there might be shops that come up come and go and little ones that families open up or whatever adding more people into it I think that's why so much of Toronto thrives it's because there isn't just one place there's so many mm-hmm. and they all they're all part of the same community coffee community it just builds it up so people might be like why do you guys need to feel like you need to step into this region and yeah. do this? 
It's because it's for it's for like the future of of the region. Mm-hmm. It's not just for us. It's not just for our business. It's for the betterment of all of it. Do you ever see getting a storefront? Like is totally. that a, yeah totally. But I feel like the coffee side is gonna be like just a piece, like just a sliver of it. So that's have, that's like where the vision comes from. Yeah, you have time to like figure yeah. out the rest of the pieces. Yep. Um, are you guys serving in like churches and stuff right now on Sunday mornings or something? Not at the moment. No. Um, that might be something we would get into. Mm-hmm. If anyone's listening to this, I'd be down <laughs> to chat. So right now we're setting up details for this pop-up in downtown Whitby. And we're going to be there weekly. Just weekly? Just once a, just once a week. Do you want to plug a chunk of time? Do you want to plug the address? Or if the I ha- when I have the details all carved in stone, <laughs> then I will totally right share on. it. Do you like coffee or serving more? Like, would you say serving is a gift <laughs> that that you yeah. would have? Yeah, yeah, like hospitality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's tough. Like, what do you what do you get more enjoyment out of, like, um, making coffee or like serving it to somebody? It's serving it because that's the connection piece. Mm-hmm. When it becomes bigger than me and bigger than what I'm doing, mm-hmm. it's because if I can't, it's like goes back to when I if I can't skate if I can't skateboard with people, I don't want to do it. True, it's all about community, all about relationships, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much that's what makes things fun. Mm-hmm. or like wanting to like pursue it i guess yeah um one last thing for before we wrap up like give me give me a rundown of like your morning what's your favorite style are you like are you an aeropress guy every morning like are you um just a drip um so yeah usually i i wake up and i just like constantly play music mm-hmm. it's like Usually the morning is like something super slow and chill. Mm-hmm. So where's the where's the borderline for this? Are you like, do you guys have a thing in your house that's like play music but no screens before whatever? Or is it something that my wife and I have been working on lately is just keeping our phones out of our bedroom. Mm-hmm. So like I'll set an alarm and like leave it in the room somewhere. But as in like, like. Not within scrolling him. just like endlessly. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm trying to like just be more aware of how much I'm taking in. Yeah, like be a little bit more intentional. Don't yeah. make it like make it an extra step. I find mm-hmm. right now it's like if mm-hmm. there's no middle step that I have to take to be like, and now I'm on Instagram. Yeah. But if I like put it in a different room, I'm like I don't really want to totally. go on that bad. Yeah, and I didn't start doing like not checking my phone right away. I was like two or three years ago Mm -hmm. I was just like I'm just gonna try this for a bit and it's kind of like a lifestyle experiment Mm -hmm. just like I'm just gonna try this for a bit I'm gonna do all the things that I want to do in the morning where for me so yeah I'll wake up I'll I usually go turn on some music I'll start making breakfast and make a coffee I usually make pour overs with the V60 just because it's like small and it's easy it's a single cup. Single cup. What about your wife? She doesn't really drink coffee that much. Okay. She's like very <laughs> caffeine sensitive. Okay. So if she drinks it past 
like 11 or 12 she'll be up to like 4 a.m whoa it's i wish i was like that yeah (laughs) so i i ask her almost every day but i get turned down a lot but it's okay (laughs) still love her and uh yeah i just make coffee and i usually lately i've just been starting my day journaling just like my thoughts cool of like what i'm feeling i try and just like be brutally honest about Um, like where i see the direction like how i'm feeling about the direction of my life today and so what like what kind of rules do you have um do you is it just like stream of consciousness will you just go to like i need to fill this one page or is it just like whatever's on my mind i'm it's gonna come out i'm gonna put everything on the page and then i can start my day yeah uh it's kind of a mashup of so many things sometimes yeah i'll find myself like writing an idea of something just to get it out on paper Mm -hmm. my backpack is always just filled of like random sticky notes because if i think of something i'm just writing out a sticky note and it goes right (laughs) in my pocket and then it just ends up going right back in the backpack just full so yeah it's usually just like a stream of consciousness and a lot of time like I'll like write prayers or just things that like I'm feeling like I'm just trying to really ground myself before a day starts, mm-hmm. especially like for me being in like a hospitality role. Do you think that act of journaling keeps you like a little bit more present? For sure. Because then you can be like, here's what's happened. And now my, like my mind is clear. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I feel like I'm more aware of, the ways that like I think mm-hmm. and like how I really view things and like yeah, my perspective. I get that because you're not like, you're not lying to anybody. You're just yeah. like, I, I just, this is how I feel about this, this certain thing. Yeah. Is there anything else that you do that um, helps you be more present other than like uh, the phone thing? Super good. Mm-hmm. Um, straight on with the music, just to set a vibe mm-hmm. and then journaling. A big thing for me, it's been a transition after getting married, is just choosing, like, the power of choice. Mm -hmm. And I just believe that, like, we all have choices in what we choose to do every day. And, like, that choice is, like, powerful to say yes to something is so powerful. And in the past year, I've been trying to transition and saying yes to things that are, like, truly good for me and, like, good for my life and career and marriage and Mm-hmm. my soul, like all the stuff that are just like really powerful. And for something like so in, invisible, it's just, you gotta, you gotta choose. It seems like you're always kind of like big picture, like looking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just getting like a big picture view mm-hmm. of like what's going on. It's funny because when it comes to my life, I'm big picture. Mm-hmm. When it comes to stock and crown, I'm so detailed. <laughs> Just like very invested in what's going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right then. I don't know if you have anything for this, but is there any anything that you would recommend to um, listen, read, or watch? Music, I have to say, I think autumn is like the perfect time, but there's a, there's a duo. It's like two guys, and for fall, it's like perfect. They're called Novo Amor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And like... All the music is like so soothing. It's just so good. So if you could l- recommend music to listen to at a certain time, 
Novo uh, more every morning? Every morning. You're set. You are set. <laughs> right um, on. Hit him with hit him with the social plugs. On Instagram. Uh, my name is Matt Hoyle with three T's in Matt, because that one Matt Hoyle, wherever I noticed, he is. I noticed that yesterday. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's got like no photos and like 20 followers. Oh man, one of those. Um, and no matter how many times I report him, he doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> he is content to stay. So Matt with three T's So on Matt, Instagram. Matt with three T's, Hoyle, M-A-T-T-T-H-O-Y-L-E. And on Facebook, it's just my name, Matt Hoyle. And to find uh, our business, Stock and Crown is just spelt out on Instagram. S-T-O-C-K-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-N. And that pop-up in Whippy. And the pop-up will be on Stock and Crown Instagram. Next month. So just stay tuned. Uh, probably. This month? Might be this month. Cool. We'll stay say, tuned. We'll today. No, next month. Next month. Next Stay month. tuned October. on the Instagram. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for listening. Go over to Stock and Crown on Instagram. Um, check out where their next pop-up is going to be. Matt's a great guy, and you should definitely let him serve you a cup of coffee. And as always, if you have anything to say or comment or suggest for the podcast, shoot me an email at hello at the creative herd dot ca